Hi, welcome to Clinician's Brief Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Berlin, and I'm feeling very fortunate to have two guests with me today, Dr. Jen Quammen and Stephen Carter. And we're going to be talking about how technology has played a role in their veterinary lives and in ours um, throughout the last year, especially, and how they see it continuing to play a role in the future of VetMed. This podcast is made possible by Televet. Televet has a special offer for those listening into today's podcast. You can head on over to televet.com slash technology to learn more. So let's start off by meeting our guests. Would you guys please let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Dr. Jen, let's start with you. Perfect. Um, yeah, so my name is Jen Quammen. I am a practicing veterinarian. I mostly do small animal and predominantly procedural work. I kind of bounce around as far as the location I'm at, uh, but generally Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, kind of that region. I also happen to serve as the chief veterinary officer for Televet. And so in that role, I do a lot of consulting with maybe practices that are um, starting to utilize technology, but also helping to sort of steer and and direct Televet in terms of its relationship with veterinarians and with veterinary practices. And so I, I hope that I in that role, I hope that I provide the voice of veterinarians in general and how we can really be influencing what the technology does for us and practices. Awesome. And uh, Stephen, how about you? Yeah, great to meet everyone. Um, my veterinary career sort of started at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, I wasn't going to vet school, but I was learning more about business and entrepreneurship, a little bit about coding. And through some of those programs, I was lucky enough to be introduced to a team that was working in the equine space. And that was really my introduction to veterinarians and clinics and how they sort of operate. And the equine story is a totally different story. But the important thing is through that process, I started to spend a lot of time at veterinary practices and just realizing that how technology could potentially help improve their lives, their quality of life. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that later. But around 2013, 2015, my co-founder and I decided to launch Televet. And since then, we've been in about a thousand practices or so um, and keep learning each and every day as we try to improve the, the technology. That's terrific. I mean, you're like a unicorn in the world of veterinary medicine because I feel like I feel like I can't, you know, I probably generalize too much, but at least coming from my own little sphere. Not a ton of us are super tech savvy. You know, I like it when technology works and I like it when it does the things that I wanted to do. And I get super frustrated when it doesn't do the things that I think it should. And I think anybody who can spend their lives trying to make veterinarians and veterinary teams uh, more accepting and more aided by technology has to be a kind of a patient saint. So Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll add in there too. Super uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll add in there too. You're, you're not unlike veterinary practices, right? They want very simple technology. They want it to work. But imagine you're a startup and the founders are just learning how to code. <laughs> and so everything doesn't always work as you would anticipate from the very beginning. And so it's a lot of uh, patience involved and, and working with a lot of lovely veterinarians through that process. But your, your thought process isn't necessarily unique to, uh, to the veterinary space, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember in college, like, a couple of times wanting to throw my printer out the window because it always would pick the all-nighter where the paper was due the next morning to go out, you know, off the rails. And I feel like that's just sort of my technology experience in general. And so I'm always super impressed when people design things that can run really smoothly. So we're talking about technology with respect to the veterinary space, obviously, but 
What about you guys specifically? Like what kind of technology did you find yourselves using, especially at the start of COVID-19 and as things progressed over the last year? You know, I'll ask this kind of like a, to both of you, but I'm sure you each have your own separate experiences to share. But with this technology that you were using, why did you choose it? And what was it like to try to get your teams on board? Oh, I mean, there's so many uh, avenues that that could go down, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, I mean, I will put on, uh, so I won't put on my personal hat because in my personal world, I'm probably a little bit of an outlier in terms of like being a little bit more uh, diving into tech than the average person. Um, and certainly I think probably than the average veterinarian. Within practice though, I would say the main practices that I'm involved in, we were already harnessing and utilizing some telemedicine. And so that was already a place that put us as a different uh, compared to most practices. There's not a lot of people that were necessarily jumping on that bandwagon prior to pandemic and things in that nature. And there was actually some pushback. What we found we were using was, again, uh, an application to sort of message back and forth with our pet owners, potentially doing some video chatting, but for us, a lot of instant message type chatting, you know, similar to like text messaging. And I would say we were predominantly doing that as a doctor team and some of our technician nurses were helping there as well. That has really expanded tremendously in the last year or more in terms of really full team integration with the platform and the technology. And so what I see as the arc of change is that not just me as a veterinarian being involved in that, but really our entire team, I want them and I really need them to be engaged in this process. Just the same as you would think about how an average exam, you know, getting it booked to the end to getting another follow-up book doesn't just involve me, you know, it involves everyone on the team. I think a similar thing happened for us with new platform integration as well. So I don't know if that gives you a high level, happy to talk about details as well, but that's, that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I'm sure we will get into more details because I think the technology, I mean, just going back to something that Stephen had said, like, I didn't realize that Televet had been around for so long. You know, I mean, in the 20 teens seems relatively new still, but I mean, thinking about all the things that have happened since 2013, 2014, I mean, a lot of vets right now are thinking like, oh, telemedicine, it's new. I need to get on it, but it's not new. And this idea of telehealth in the vet space has been around for a while. And I just think the last year has just been such an explosion. So, so yeah, I definitely want to talk more about um, like how you get your, y'all got your team on board so that more of them are using it and we'll get to that. But Stephen, I'd like to go to you here and just ask, you know, as far as technology, how you've seen it used during the last year and how that's influenced what you guys have been working on. Um, can you comment a little bit on that? Yeah. So as a company at Televet, um, you know, we had a really interesting experience. This isn't necessarily related to technology and vet practices, but it probably pertains to 100% of America and the world right now. But we went from a team of about five, um, call it you know, January, February. And throughout the pandemic, one of the challenging things that we faced as a company is we went from five employees to almost 35 employees. Um, and it was quite the, the scale of resources. Um, but one thing that we relied a lot on was Zoom, right? Everything was done through Zoom. And, and onboarding that volume of people was, a, was an interesting challenge in itself. Uh, but the other thing, you know, as you look at vet clinics and how we specifically interact with them, we launched Televet back in 
2017, I think Price and I went full-time, my co-founder went full-time on it. And you guys, I think, did a survey that was asking the the industry, you know, if you're using a solution, what is it? I believe Televet was number one or, or in the top there. So it was an interesting time because we were went from being really, really good at telemedicine to expanding our platform during the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and you get into workflows and just general communication. How do you allow teams to talk to one another, not just their clients, but to one another? How do you enable them to talk to clients when they're not inside the clinic? So a lot of technology and changes that happen there. Um, and so scaling that and, and getting that implemented into practices was particularly challenging because in an old world, you could just travel to that vet clinic, which we've done many times, um, and you could walk them through it. You could set up everything. You could change settings. But when you're in this world of sort of social distancing, you have to get really creative, um, not only as the company is Televet, but also as vet practices and how you operate. I think that's really the sweet spot for Televet was we had spent so many years just talking to clinics and understanding workflows and how they operate, the importance of communication internally, but also externally. And it was really kind of the right time and the right place because we sort of had this culmination of knowledge and we're just in the process of implementing that right before the pandemic. And so what happened in the industry is you see a lot of people being very reactive to what's happening, but we were lucky enough that we had already kind of seen this future where things were going to change. This pandemic just sort of accelerated that step, I think, for everyone. And some people were excited about that. And of course, some people weren't so excited about that. But we were really excited to be able to lead a lot of clinics through through this challenge and really rewarding also when we're talking to practices. And uh, we had several call us and say, hey, we, w- we would have been out of business if it wasn't for you guys. And so as work-life balance, caring about vets, always being for vets, that, that type of information is always super motivating for us to continue. Yeah. I mean, you guys really were in a prime position to sort of jump on what we all needed and provide it because, you know, here we are all scrabbling together Zoom calls with our clients, you know, and the clients are like, I can't connect to audio, you know, it's like this endless Zoom nightmare during March of last year. And um, it would have been a lot nicer to have a platform that was already in place or that could be easily used. And and um, I, I know that a lot of clinics that took advantage of that and were able to do that were super happy to have that resource. And, you know, I was wondering about clinics that already had Televet or that um, started using it during the during the pandemic, do you feel like those clinics fit into a specific model? Like were there certain types of clinics that seem to be to gravitate more towards using it? Or um, did you find that your clients were kind of all over the map? Yeah. If you think about before the pandemic and sort of our customer base, it was obviously very forward thinking veterinarians. And I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily a certain makeup. It was just people who really believed in this idea that telemedicine could enhance and be a tool at their practice. Um, And so we had vets who, um, a lot of people like to say that the older generation isn't great at telemedicine, uh, but we found that that was not necessarily true. Um, We had older vets who were doing better than some of our younger vets. And the key thing there was just they were committed to implementing workflows to make it successful inside the practice. So we found a wide variety of just different users. At the time, you know, we were at the stage we were at, we were really just taking in anyone who would at least consider doing it. And then it was our job to help them be successful. And so we're we're sort of sifting through different people. You know, you have the people who sign up and they say, I just heard about this and I'm interested. 
And then you have the people who say, hey, this is the future, and I know I need to do this to adjust to this more modern millennial customer where they're used to getting you know, cars with Uber on demand and information and, and movies and you name it. And all of this is happening through some web interface or an app. And so what we found is that the most successful clinics weren't necessarily anything to do with their age or their geography or anything like that. It was just the level of commitment and belief that they had in doing this um, and that it would be helpful for their practice. That's very cool. Yeah. Dr. Jen, I'd like to ask you if, I mean, if you have something to add to that, I'd definitely love to hear it. And I also wanted to ask you specifically about if your team is using Televet or another platform to talk to each other, like Stephen was saying, versus just to the clients, because I think that's been something we've seen blow up compared to before. So I would definitely want to know about that. Yeah, I would. Um, I would just add a little dovetail to Stephen's commentary about like clients for Televet, and just say from my experience, having used this platform, and I've used others as well, um, that the clients that are using this. I mean, we think of the millennial client, right? Like those are the pet owners that we think we're catering to. But I would tell you from my experience, like pretty much every client, like the way I sort of describe it is like, if you can send a text message, you can do this, right? Mm -hmm. And so everybody is able to kind of figure it out. They might just have to, we might have to talk to them in a slightly different language about uploading or downloading, right? That might be more natural for a 20 something than a 60 something. But I really feel like from from my perspective, the the pet owners I've dealt with have really, really done a great job of, of taking this and running with it and overall finding it a very satisfactory experience. And then to your question, uh, give me, sorry, Katie, I just lost the second that you asked me there. Um, (laughs) Well, I was, (laughs) no, I totally get it. And I asked you two questions at once, which is really not fair. Um, (laughs) But actually, actually, before we get to that question, I, I, I was just thinking too, like, I love that because that's been my experience too, is that the ones that choose to use the video calls that we do are at least equally likely to be our older clients um, because they really miss that face-to-face, you know, like millennials and Gen Z, you know, they're used to not being face-to-face as much. And our older clients really love that and miss it, I feel like. And I I think older vets too, sometimes like, you know, one of our doctors who started our practice has just this gift with the clients. Like he knows where their kids went to school and, you know, what their grandchildren's names are. And they have that bond and that suffers so much when you can't be face-to-face. So that's a really good point. And I, I definitely feel like that jives with my experience. Yeah. We felt like we sort of lost that human component to what we do. Right. And so the idea that we can see people and, you know, we don't necessarily have to go into all the specifics of cases, but I think there are in, in the telemedicine space in particular, and I know that's not the, the total focus here, but I can learn so much more about a patient and about a situation by seeing them in their home environment, you know, seeing a cat and seeing the intercat issues and seeing where the litter boxes are. Like there's so many things that I gain from that, that I would never have a clue about if that patient is just in front of me in the hospital. Yeah, that's so true. So true. So uh, the question that I had wanted to ask you earlier was about the team back and forth. So using the platform to talk to each other, because that's not something that I feel like we really talked that much about before the pandemic. So can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So for our team, uh, I mean, I can just speak specifically in the clinics that I'm in, like in the very early processes when we were using Televet, the app before this sort of new technology came in, we were supplementing with texting each other in Slack. And we have a another platform that we utilize for messaging internally. So we were doing it in all these different places. 
and it got a little confusing because you were having to check 17 places and making sure you're not missing messages. I think when we transitioned to this larger platform with Televet, it really gave us the opportunity to communicate internally. And so what I would find is there's less of that back and forth confusion of like, has anybody talked to Mrs. Smith? Has anybody, you know, made sure that, you know, we're getting the medication that she wants? I can send a chat message that is internal to our team and it's in the same thread as the client conversation. So you can see the client conversation. You can see the conversation between myself and my team. And that might be something as simple as, hey, will you get 12 cans of bland diet together for that dog? They're going to come pick it up. I'm not having to run down the hall and find someone when they're on a phone with a client and do that. They can just see that message when it's most natural for them. So I actually think that internal chat has been so good at reducing the miscommunications that happen, right? Like you're running down the hall looking for someone to tell them something and their hands are full. Now we can just seamlessly send that and everybody stays aware of what's happening. So from the front desk person to the practice manager, to the other veterinarians, like we all kind of are in the know of what's happening with an individual patient. So there's less of that confusion, I think, from an internal team perspective. Yeah. I mean, for sure, there's like these black holes in between sections of the appointment. It's like Mm -hmm. the check-in and there's this black hole and then the technician takes a history and then there's a black hole and Mm -hmm. that's just continues the whole time. So it is nice to have it be one long conversation. Like that definitely seems like a good idea. Did you have any trouble getting your team on board with that? Yeah, we, um, so our particular team like had a plan, you know, we were, we were two weeks out, we were ready to implement. We were like, okay, we're going to have this organized. We're gonna have this ready to go. And then, you know, we had done great. This was um, late fall and we had a team member, a couple team members actually have a COVID exposure. And so then it quickly became, uh, Hey, <laughs> we need to do this <laughs> yesterday. And so what we wound up doing, and, and I mean, I, I suspect that my association with Televet helped with this a little bit, but having worked with that team and the way they work with clinics, I think this would have happened for any practice. We basically said, hey, our hair's on fire. Can you help us this weekend? And our um, clinic success manager, you know, who's the person that really led the team in the onboarding, he got on and did a Zoom call with us on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and there's people in 12 different locations on a call and we're being screen shared and showing what the platform looks like and how this is going to change. So I would credit the Televet team a lot with with being super flexible in meeting our needs. Now, was it perfect day one? No. Did we come up against some challenges? Yes. Um, Did we have some people that needed to learn it in two weeks rather than two days? Yes. But on the whole, I think that the idea, you know, one of the things my fellow veterinarian I work with a lot and I love about working with Televet is they are really reactive to our feedback, right? So, um, and Stephen could probably speak a lot to this. Like, we're pretty good at offering feedback of like, this didn't work for us. So, <laughs> us, like, this is really awkward. So, there were there were definitely some pieces that we felt like there was a very open communication and open dialogue, which is so much better than someone. To your point, Katie, earlier of like, I want to have something that's going to be simple for me. Don't just hand me this platform and say, this is the way you have to use it. It's more, we're creating this, tell us how you want to use it and how we can help partner together to make that that a seamless process. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point is that I think we do all suffer from kind of an all or nothing mentality when it comes to technology. And we're like, okay, if we get uh, this new program where we get like, let's all 
hark back to the days of paper records. Some of us happily still living there and others of us are very glad <laughs> never to see a paper record and have to hunt for it throughout the hospital again. Um, or read someone's handwriting. <laughs> or read someone's handwriting. Yeah, we won't even go there. So, But that was a really difficult process to go from these stacks of charts to the electronic records. And we all, you know, we've survived that. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of people have done it sort of piecemeal, you know, like paper light and technology doesn't have to be all or nothing, but I do think we think about it a lot. So Stephen, that was one thing I wanted to ask you is when we talk about programs like Televet or other platforms that allow you to do so much, were you finding that there were people who sort of came on and used parts of it and that sort of helped open the door for more solutions through the platform or did people kind of jump in and like go whole hog? You know, it was a, as in any case, it was always a variety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had people with the new platform flow, Televet flow that they would only submit forms. One of the big things that we did was we knew that people were sending paper forms and getting signatures and running back and forth. And even when there's not COVID, it's still a challenge of just having people sit, you know, uh, in your lobby and, you know, fill out forms while dogs are chasing cats and all sorts of stuff. So we really wanted to sort of innovate around that and seamlessly enable them to fill out forms even before they arrive through the platform, uh, but then also automatically integrate those into the practice manager systems that clinics use. And so some people would just jump off and they would say, hey, this is a little much bit much for me. So I'm going to focus on the forms aspect because this is amazing. And we had people sending forms all day, every day, but they weren't necessarily doing video chats. They weren't doing the phone calls. They weren't collecting payment through the platform, all the other stuff that we can do in there, including automations, which is a really amazing feature of the platform. Uh, but then we also had clinics who were just headfirst in, right? Like they believed in in the mission and vision of Televet and, and they trusted us. And a lot of those were clinics that worked with Televet before we changed platforms and before the pandemic. Uh, but Price and I had sort of built this brand that, hey, if you have feedback, we're going to implement that. And, and we're also going to implement that really quickly. And so uh, it's just a way that we sort of um, grew up with Televet was like, hey, we need to receive this feedback and then, you know, we'll stay up till 5 a.m. coding this and then we'll send this announcement out in the morning. And so it really impressed vets, I think, for something that they weren't typically used to, especially with some of the PIMS providers and things like that. Normally you're submitting a help ticket, right? And hopefully they get back to you within 24 hours. And what we were able to do is, uh, I think, pretty unique in that Price and I, when it was just him and I, we would get feedback and say, hey, um, you know, I want to be able to do X, Y, or Z. And we would say, okay, we'll start working on that. Then we made an effort to didn't have it the next day ready for them. And they would be like, holy crap, how did you guys do that? And we're like, well, a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, work-life so balance, not so much for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, as a startup founder, you make some sacrifices. Yeah. But uh, the, again, it's always motivation, right? When you see clinics utilize those new things and uh, after you've worked all night on them, um, and then the problem that they had or the issue that they had is now resolved, it's really gratifying. Um, and so for us, it's always been something that really has motivated us is you see um, the mission kind of come together. And sometimes that's in big ways and sometimes that's in small ways. But every time we see it, we celebrate it. We have our shout outs channel in Slack with the company and always celebrating, you know, these wins. But I think it is interesting with like how you actually integrate these clinics into technology. And there's this sort of stigma that practices really struggle with it. And some do for sure. But I do think that there are many practices that are really capable of taking complex issues and creating processes around them to make them work. And it's our job just to make that as easy as possible. And 
Uh, I take a lot of pride in how we do that. And we were talking to this clinic that decided to go head first. And uh, Jen, you may remember them, Adobe. <laughs> so the, the practice owner at Adobe, she was messaging us and she said, I think it's the first time I've ever seen, you know, vet techs singing in the hallways about a technology solution <laughs> that we implemented overnight. <laughs> and so that type of stuff is really exciting for us. And what really motivates us, whether a clinic wants to do just forms or they want to do the entire thing, it's always been, okay, how do we help you get to that next step? Or how do we make your life a little bit easier? Televet Flow is the first all-in-one client communication platform designed specifically for veterinary team productivity and well-being. Thousands of vets are already using Televet Flow to manage appointments, grow their business, and provide five-star experiences for clients without the extra legwork, learning curve, or additional apps. With the all-in-one platform, appointment requests, service reminders, client communication, notes, scheduling, forms, and payments can be managed from one central location. Subscriptions include a named clinic success manager and live chat support to help your team work through any issue the day may bring. If you're ready to reduce the stress of your workday and get back to doing what you love, you can experience your first 30 days of Televet Flow for free. Podcast listeners can use the platform risk-free for a full month by signing up at televet.com technology. Yeah, absolutely. And that that brings up a good point, Stephen, um, which is like Adobe Animal Hospital that you're talking about, you know, they're um, they're such a forward thinking hospital anyway, like they have the open concept and, um, you know, they're just they're definitely early adopters <laughs> and, and unique in that way. But they've really shown that these these ideas can work in a big hospital that has a lot going on. And like you were saying, each hospital is different and each team is going to have a different approach. You really just have to kind of know what your hospital is capable of and ready for and kind of have faith that you're going to be able to figure it out, especially if you have people helping you. And you had mentioned too about um, integrating with PIMS, which is practice management software, um, which you have a lot of different options there now too, where there's a lot of practice management software coming out and it seems overwhelming to have to learn something new, but a lot of platforms now will integrate into that software. And so you, you can have this kind of like one stop where you don't have to be cutting and pasting like text messages from your clients, like putting them in your, your electronic record and stuff like that. It just gets to be so much. And so the idea of having everything kind of funneled to one place is just kind of sounds like a relief. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's one of the, the great things we do, but also one of the hardest things we do is integrate into those practice management systems. Uh, and something that we've taken, I don't even know how many months to, to, to do, uh, but it's really cool in the platform is that you see communication logs, phone calls, video calls, all this stuff um, is able to be automatically uploaded into your practice management system. And when we started Televet 1.0, um, one of the first pieces of feedback is, you know, we're not going to use this unless it integrates to our practice management system. And Price and I were kind of like, uh-oh, we got to figure that out. <laughs> but now that we've learned it and we've spent five years trying to perfect that, um, I think that that's one of the strategic advantages that we have amongst the many competitors out there now is that we have prioritized making this seamless and easy for practices. And a big part of that is how do I get this back into my management record system? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, is it possible to do it without me thinking about getting it into my management record system? It just automatically happens in the background. 
Um, yeah. So that's something a lot of pride in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's a lot of work, right? It's not easy. That's why I'm assuming a lot of other companies don't do it because you're dealing with a lot of really old technology in some cases. And then you're also dealing with some more innovative ones who are using the cloud and things like that. Um, so it, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. And, and it's not the most fun sometimes, but the gratification that a vet may see, you know, or feel once they start seeing that going in there and now they don't even have to worry about it anymore is super awesome. Yeah. So Jen, I'd like to ask you, you know, we, I talked at the beginning about how technology can be so frustrating, but it can also be so helpful. And, you know, definitely I would think in the last year, there have been instances where you've had specific cases where it's really kind of come to the rescue. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that you could share with us about kind of like big wins using technology? Because I think we could all use those stories. Yeah, gosh, I can think of so many. Um, I guess I'll think in terms of like something we probably all are challenged with, like the patient who the pet owner perceives as like won't come in the hospital or is afraid to come in the hospital without them, right? And we're all mm -hmm. in a situation where that's not practical um, and hasn't been and may not be for a while. And so alleviating the fear, I think, for the pet owners of what that looks like. So to your, you mentioned earlier this idea that the clinic becomes this black box. And so for us, you know, I work in a fear-free practice. And so we have a, a special handling patient, I'll just call him that, um, and some derm issues, right? And so two places I was really able to help him were those one-off telemedicine situations where I could prescribe meds for derm conditions, but then it came to a point where we needed to do some histopath. We needed to get him in the hospital, get him sedated safely, and you know all the things that needed to happen. So having pre-exam video chats with the pet owners of like, this is what we're going to do, you know, this is what we need to do, how we're going to get him in. And once he was in the building, you know, able to share with them in real time, you know, the video feed of what's happening. And, and you may not want to do that in full real time, but for me, I'm pretty much an open book. Like we're not doing anything that we wouldn't be comfortable sharing with you outside of maybe some of the weird surgical things. Right. And so allowing the pet owner to stay engaged in that process, I think bonds them so much more to our practice and it bonds them to our team, bonds them to a certain degree to the technology. Because now I, I just think like if they go to another practice, they're going to think, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I, why can't I have visual, you know, why can't I have that um, transparency into what's happening in that situation? So for that patient, I feel like we were able to do such a nice job of like pre-exam, again, send the forms, get the signatures for the sedation, all those things we needed to do when he arrives, do the thing, you know, not waste time. This is not a patient we can spend a lot of time thinking about. Like we've planned as a medical team, they've planned, you know, planned as a, a home healthcare team, right? And so we're like, this is is what we need to do, do it, able to give them visualization of what's going on, collect my samples, send him back out the door, none the wiser, collect payment for that at the end. You know, I can send my post-treatment notes to the pet owner. I don't have to have that fear that they didn't hear or see what I said because they're panicked in that moment. It's written down. And not only is it written down for them, they can always go back and refer to that if they need to, you know, in the future they get home. So for me, I think that case, those procedural patients, and especially the ones that are really fearful about either coming in or there's a fear about separating them from their pet owner. Um, I think that's been a super big win for us. So hopefully that gives you enough specific like 
I love this for triaging patients before they ever come in. You know, you get a new client, right? Or a potential new client and they're like, hey, my dog maybe has a broken toenail or a laceration or something like that. And they're worried about, you know, what's the cost going to be or what's that look like? And so I can at least start a pre-triage and prep them for this is what I think I'm going to need to do for diagnostics. This is kind of roughly what I think pricing is going to be. And so that takes away the back and forth of my day of the timing of I've got to wait for them to get authorized because they already sort of knew ahead of time, I definitely still need to look at that patient and make a final decision. But then once I say, okay, this is what we need to do, then they're they're ready to sign on and we can move forward much quickly um, and get that patient the care that it needs. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think a lot of people think like telemedicine appointments versus in-clinic visits, you know, like what can we do over telemedicine that doesn't require them to come in? And we think about those as either or, but they can work together so well. Yeah, Yeah. where... It's not even just like you have a visit over the, you know, over video and then find out that the pet needs to come in because it's been vomiting for six days or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's also the pets that really don't have that tolerance for the back and forth that is a curbside visit right now. Um, And so knowing exactly what's going to happen when they come in the building makes everybody feel better. That is a really good point and something I hadn't really thought a lot about. So yeah, thank you for telling us about that case. That was, that's a great story. You're welcome. I think, I think thinking about like the walls of the clinic and, and, you know, Stephen and I, and all of us at Televet have had this conversation, like, I'm not here to say technology is there so that you're accessible 24 seven for your clients. Cause I don't think that's the case. Just, just Stephen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it ebbs and flows in the startup mentality. Um, but I do think that we can think about pr- practice is beyond those walls. Like you know, what is a practice going to look like in another five or 10 or 15 years? Like I think about that and it just kind of blows my mind where things could go. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely want want to hear more about that too, because I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Stephen, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously you're not in the exam room with patients, but your clients are us. And I was wondering if you had like specific cases like Adobe, but maybe hospitals that maybe that weren't quite as all in at the beginning or that had feedback that you needed to take into account before they were really able to, to get the most out of it. Like, is there anything that you can think of that you could share specific use cases or success stories with technology? Yeah. Um, in some ways, you know, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but, uh, in a lot of ways, any clinic that signs up to Televet is a success case to a degree, right? You know, they have this extreme challenge, especially right now with curbside and, and how do you operate? How do you collect money? How do you keep this, you know, customer relationship alive? And they decide, hey, we're, we're going to take the leap to use some technology to help us. And there's various paths to success in that process, whether it's, you know, we talked about sending forms or doing the whole thing, but it's amazing at the end of this, right? You know, there's some times where they get a little frustrated. They may have a feature request. It may be, you know, something along that process. But we always do an NPS score, just kind of net understanding how they felt about the process, but also their satisfaction with Televet. And something that's super awesome to see is that for the majority of customers and even pet owners more so, but for the majority of our vet clinics, um, they give us NPS scores of 10, which is the highest you can do. And it is awesome to see clinics who are super hesitant about technology. And and what's interesting is you sign up these clinics and you may have a champion, right? And that person is super excited about doing this, but not everyone else is, right? Yeah. So you got to do a little <laughs> bit of work to get everyone comfortable with it. And that's where you do. You know, we had a clinic sign up recently where um, our chief revenue officer did 
I think it was five onboarding calls with them throughout the entire week. So every day at about 5.30 to however long it took, you know, they were doing these onboarding calls and people would qualify, I guess, this particular clinic as sort of an older generation clinic. And um, by sort of helping them through that process, they're one of our best customers now, right? So that's a huge win for us where we see them just using the full suite of services where they originally were like, you know, we only want to use this feature, but now they're doing the whole thing. You know, they're just one of our top customers, an amazing success story, uh, and shows the dedication of our team, you know, staying on, you know, a Zoom call till Friday at 9 p.m. to make sure that the front desk staff has been completely trained and comfortable with it. But it does take that level of effort to, to get clinics there sometimes. But just seeing the, the success of each clinic, whether that's, you know, the entire thing or just a small part, is truly amazing. And there's tons of use cases. I could go through some of those, but uh, I do think it's super fascinating to see and and motivating to see clinics who are a little nervous, but then come out on the other end and they're recommending us to three other clinics because the process wasn't that scary. Yeah. Sometimes those will be your biggest advocates, right? It's like the clients that really didn't want to do the testing, but you you got them through the process and got the patient through the illness and now they're clients for life. You know, it's very similar, I would think. Yeah, we uh, so we we record some of our onboarding calls for training purposes, and then also we send them the videos afterwards. So if they want to go back and review it, they can. And one of the the most gratifying things and biggest wins is you have these sort of uh, uh, hesitant uh, users, and you're doing this onboarding, and you hear them gasp, and they're like. <gasps> <laughs> that was so easy. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And we all kind of celebrate. Uh, but those, those are the moments that really motivate us. And we share those with our engineering team and everyone on the team to be like, hey, you know, that feature you worked on till 3 a.m. last night, look what just happened with this customer. And now, you know, they're using it just fine. So those are those are really awesome to see. And, and, and the gasp and sort of, oh, my gosh, that was so easy. Yeah. Uh, it's super awesome to see. Uh, and obviously, I've said it a million times, but very motivating for us once clinics start to get into the flow of the platform, which is a funny story because uh, we have Televet Flow. And Jen may be able to even give more insight here, but she was actually, I got to give her credit. I think she was the one that named the new product. And because the company as a whole was very focused on work-life balance and sort of quality of life, um, Jen came up with this awesome idea that, you know, hey, name this flow. And it was really in relation to the state of flow and like Zen and stuff. But Jen, you may want to talk a little bit more about that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you guys know that I'm a little bit of a tech nerd and, you know, we all know Dr. Berlin and I have had offhand conversations about like when you're in a hard workout and you're, you know, you're kind of in that flow state, like you don't even have to like think about it. You're just like, how did I drive my car to X from X to Y? It just happened without me even realizing it. And so I think, I mean, I don't know that I was the original uh, name of that, but what it feels like to me is we're talking about workflow. We're talking about integrating with everyday things that we do in a practice and beyond that. And I think for many of us, that is a very sort of, Zen may not be the right word, but a very automatic, like I want it to be that level of unconscious competence, right? So we had to learn how to use it, but really quickly it goes to a place of like, I don't even have to think about how to do this. I just know that I'm going to be able to communicate with my pet owners that way or my team that way. So yeah, I think um, I think that 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 flow state is a, a common thing you'll probably hear out there in, in the world of endurance and athletics as well. Yeah, absolutely. The flow state is what we're all looking for and keeps us getting 
through all the really gnarly bad days because <laughs> yes. we know yes. that the flow state is going to be out there somewhere. Yes. But it, it was especially cool if it could be every day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we've kind of wound our way to um, what we call the keep it brief segment, which um, does not have to be that brief, but I want to be respectful of your time. You guys have been so great to hang out with me for a while now. But part of what I was going to ask you both during this sort of wind up segment is how you feel technology, where you feel it's going, what are we going to see? What are you hoping that we see? And specifically, how do you feel like it's helping our teams? And I think you already started to answer that. I mean, both of you have started to answer that. But Stephen, I'll start with you. Do you have want to fortune tell a little bit for us about where you see technology going and how teams will benefit? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I may have a, an interesting perspective here, but I do think it's fascinating. You know, we look at the maturity of, of the industry, even when we launched Televet in 2015, um, where it was then to where it is now, and we're, you know, five, six years into that, change has been phenomenal, right? Like, when we started Televet, people said, like, this is never going to happen. Like, no one is ever going to do telemedicine at, like, a scale. And now, you know, we're on a podcast talking about telemedicine. You can't yeah. go to a conference without talking about telemedicine. Uh, and so I think it's really fascinating, but I do think it's a, a strong lesson to, to understand, right? And that where you are today is, is going to be drastically different than where you are five years from now. In my opinion, and, and it comes from a much different perspective because I'm dealing with venture capitalists, I'm looking at markets and things like that. But I truly believe that there is going to be a huge surgence of corporations and people that have a strong desire to create these modern experiences for these millennial pet owners. The data I've seen is that, you know, we're 60, 65 percent of millennials now own pets and majority of the buying power in the space. And so what you're going to see happen, and I hate to say the name, but you'll have a Chewy, right, who comes up and says, hey, let's go direct to these consumers. Yeah. I don't think that model is going to go away anytime soon. I, I know for a fact that there are other larger corporations who are, who are trying to implement that um, and be you know, a competitor to Chewy. You know, we have plenty of them out there. And so for us, what we think about the future is we say, okay, like this is a reality that's going to continue to happen. It's a trend, right? And so when we look at our vet practices, we say, how do we make a vet practice compete with a corporation like a Chewy or like anyone else, right? And so for us, when we're kind of shaking the crystal ball, um, we look at things like, you know, how do we give, you know, 24-7 access to this practice, but also make sure they have work-life balance? How do you give them efficiencies inside of a practice? How do you give them mobile front-end experiences that, you know, other companies can give them, but without the resources, human, but also capital, you know, an individual practice can't do a lot of this stuff. And so for us as a company, we really look at that and say, how do we future-proof your practice uh, to be able to compete at the highest level with a Chewy, with a Banfield, whatever it might be, um, and, and be successful, but also love your job, right? And so those are the two things that we look at. Um, and from our perspective, you know, we have a huge product roadmap ahead. But uh, I think the important thing from, from a Televet perspective is know that that's how we're thinking as a company. And we're always going to be building around that. And how do we actually keep you being successful and happy with your job? Yeah, that's awesome. I I totally agree with you. So much of what we talk about now is how can we provide things you can't find online, ironically, because, you know, we're online doing it. But <laughs> but it is very, um, it's a such a huge picture that we can paint for ourselves, like all the things that you just can't, you can't outsource them, you can't replace the human aspect. And I think people think of technology as taking place, the place of the human aspect. And instead, in this case, it's enhancing it for sure. So yeah. What about you, Jen? 
Yeah, I think, um, oh man, I think there's so many things that are coming down the road for what veterinary medicine overall, and let's just think outside of even just practices. Like I think the way practices are going to continue to work and grow, and I want us to continue to build up our support staff. So I want us to have our technicians, nurses, depending where you lie there, seen and viewed by our pet owners as very high level professionals that they can accept the advice from just as much almost as they would for me. Uh, They can't prescribe and they can't do surgery, right? There's some limitations there from a scope of practice standpoint, but really elevating that conversation. So it doesn't always have to be, I got to talk to the doctor, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I want my team to be empowered and I hope others do as well, because I think that's just going to elevate us all as a profession. I think our pet owners are for sure going to continue to want this access to us or access to our practices in a sense, you know, there's so many people that need 24-hour, there's an emergency, you're traveling with your pet, you need to have access to those medical records. And I think there's some really great ways that we can work as clinics to help our pet owners stay engaged in that way. I think about how our profession can change in terms of how we educate people, right? So this where we, and we don't need to dive into necessarily this, but like the academics of how we train veterinarians is using a very archaic model, right? You sit in a classroom, you read a book, you do whatever. I think this year has shown us, this past year has shown us that those changes can work and we can actually produce really wonderful, capable veterinarians at the end of that. So I think the way our associations integrate and talk to one another, I think there's so many changes there. I love the concept of remote monitoring, and I think more and more of that is coming. Many of us probably put, you know, Freestyle Libres or something akin to our diabetic patients now. I don't have to bring that fractious, scared cat and sit it in the hospital anymore. I can monitor it at home and I can charge for that. And my team can be a part of that. And I don't have to like, those are just little things that I think are going to just continue to grow. So I, I hope to see us continue to communicate in a safe and healthy way. Um, and I just think the we need to get ahead of this concept of like, we need to take ownership that veterinary veterinarians are, we are the subject matter experts, right? So I think the perspective from Televet, and I'll just kind of circle it back that way, that we as Televet are engaged in helping clinics and helping veterinarians, that is very different than someone that's coming to the market and marketing to your pet owners, right? That's a whole different perspective on how we work together. So I want us to continue to work together to make the tech technology work for us as a profession. Yeah. And there's, I'm sorry, Stephen, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to talk about a little bit of something that Jen and I are particularly passionate about. Um, And it would be interesting to kind of get Jen's thoughts maybe on the fly here. Uh, But something that we're looking at as well for the future is not only how do you educate a practice, but how do you educate a pet owner? Um, And something that sticks out to us, you know, there's this TED Talk that I'm sure a lot of people have seen by now from a veterinarian. I think her name is Melanie Bowden or Bowden. Um, Mm -hmm. But we actually take that uh, TED Talk and we give it to every employee that joins Televet. And any investor that wants to talk to us, we send them that first. And we say, you got to watch this video before we can talk to you. It's so important that people who are not familiar with the vet space, understand the challenges that happen in everyday practice, right? So one of the things that Jen and I are working on is an initiative outside of the technology is like, how do you educate pet owners? And so, Jen, I don't know if you you want to kind of touch on some of the things we're thinking about there, but um, it's a big part of what we're thinking as well. 
Yeah, I think uh, I would love to see, and, and this is a little sidebar conversation and thought, obviously, as well, but educating. I don't think the average pet owner has any concept of what it takes to become a veterinarian, the the debt load, the time, the, the you know, all the sweat equity that goes into that. And not to say that from like a space of like, hey, feel pity for us, but just like realize that there's a lot of work that we've done into this. And um, yes, we are real doctors, right? Like that conversation still comes up. Um, yeah. You know, why didn't you go to med school? Why didn't, you know, whatever, those kind of questions. Um, so I think our ability to educate pet owners around things like husbandry and around things like pet insurance, perhaps, or around things like nutrition and behavior. How many patients, how many animals year to year are euthanized for behavioral reasons, right? If we can help to educate and elevate that to a pet owner, um, but from a veterinarian-centric uh, point of view, I think that's going to really impact not only those patients and those clients, but that's going to impact us as a profession because that leads to less of those compassion fatigue burnout kind of awful places that we sometimes go. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think if we can harness the concept of educating our pet owners and ultimately the goal is for us, I mean, we take an oath, right? We're here to alleviate care. We're, you know, to alleviate suffering and provide care and do all these amazing things. Um, and I want us to continue to focus on that and not have to get lost in all the details like defending why we're charging for things, right? If we had a perfect world and I could just say, these are the tests I need to do and these are the medicines we need, cool. I'm, I'm super happy to practice that way. And I think a lot of other people would be as well. Yeah, you're so right. I'm so glad you guys brought that up because I, I think we all, everybody who's seen that TED talk can't help but be but be affected by it. And the sentiments behind it are so universal in the profession, but most people outside the profession really still have no idea. And so Stephen, I think that's amazing that everybody has to, has to watch that, you know, and just sort of get an idea of what you guys are working for. And what you had said about how Televet at least is aimed at teams, at um, at facilitating that workflow and helping the team work better together um, and not aimed directly at the pet owner. And yet we all know that a happy team, like when our team is happy, that's when we get the praise from the pet owners and the thank you notes and the people writing good reviews on Facebook. You know, you don't get those on the days when everybody's at each other's throats because of mischarges and miscommunications. And so I, I just, I think that's fantastic. And um, I wish we could talk forever about that because I'm super excited about that topic too. So, so thank you guys so much. This was a great conversation. I know we went a little bit um, longer and I'm really glad that we had this time because I just think you guys are doing great work and, um, and have such a good point of view on the industry and what's needed right now. So, so thank you so much. Thanks so much to Televet also for making this conversation possible. And Televet has a special offer for those of you listening into today's podcast. Uh, you can head on over to televet.com slash technology to learn more. Thanks again to our sponsor and to today's guest for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate if you leave us all of the stars. You can also listen to podcasts on our website at cliniciansbrief.com slash podcasts. And you can drop us a line at podcasts at briefmedia.com. Clinicians Brief Partner Podcasts is a Brief Media production.